I do when I have a bad dream? I close my eyes and I think of something nice. So let's go sailing. Wind's dropped out on us. Get below deck now. Get the life jacket. Thank God. Hello? Where is everybody? You enter a place you have never been. I recognize this corridor. Everything you see, you have seen before. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a British Australian collaboration. But we'll get to that. You're talking about the movie now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just briefly because we're gonna, you know, talk about other stuff. But first of all, listeners, we missed you. We know you missed us. You're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie and spoils it. And then, uh, of course, when we talk about the recently watched, we try not to spoil that. We are not professional critics. We don't claim to be. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on iTunes or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. And say hello to them on, uh, what, Facebook? Is sure. That, is that still around? Facebook, yeah. Book oh. of Faces. Man. Blair, Blair Witch. Witch. <laughs> Two Book of Faces. <laughs> Um, Starring Jerkface. Book of Jerkfaces. Oh, Poor Jeffrey Donovan. I love this guy. Yeah. I do too. Uh, you know, he just makes kind of a jerky face on uh, a burn, burn notice. notice. And you know what? No one's paying attention to that but me. Because you got Bruce Campbell and the conspicuous consumption of yogurt like all the time on the show. What the yeah. hell is that? I think that's all uh, Jeffrey Donovan's character ate. Yeah, because you know. yogurt. Yeah, it, it's quick to eat. Uh, as long as it's sealed, it doesn't spoil easy, and it's full of protein. It's good for your digestion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that too. So if you're a super spy dude, or yes. whatever the hell he is in that show. Yeah, he's a spy. Yeah, then you, it's easy. 
it's it's kind of like trail mix except for the chocolate chips or the m&ms get melty you know if they're yeah. in your pocket or in the car chocolate chip yogurt no, no, no chocolate the, chip trail, oh, mix. trail mix. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I bet but that's a good idea. <laughs> I like here. where you're going with this. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had a bad night last night. Oh, <laughs> too much chocolate chip yogurt. Yeah, something else. I think <laughs> sake. Yeah, in the broad term. Uh, yeah, uh, she whipped up a cocktail called Between the Sheets. Mm. I can't remember what was in it. I think everything. Yeah, and there was a lot of it. Okay, we were going to watch uh, the triangle triangle movie last night. Yeah, and uh, we just couldn't. Okay, well, too drunk. Yeah, she had to lay down. She couldn't <laughs> couldn't do anything. I can't handle this movie. Oh well, there's good news in there somewhere. <clears throat> I'm sure she'll she'll love this going out over the airwaves. Yeah, there's yeah there's the good news between the sheets. Um, did I forget the? Well, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello, and Jolien. And we're your hosts. We're uh, we're just regular guys talking about this movie. Yes. Um, or it, or not, depending. I'm not did, very regular. Did you want? <laughs> well, you should try chocolate chip yogurt. yogurt. Yeah. yeah. Activia works for um, Laurie Strode. Yes. Uh, guys. Speaking of which, they're doing Halloween too. Oh, are they? Yes. Has this been announced? Yes. Oh man. Uh, same group of people. Good. Um, Let's be consistent. But yes, so far it's titled Halloween 2. And she's back in it. Yes, and of course she's back in it. Well, that's good. And here's what I'm going to say about that. The most annoying characters in the first movie are dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. We Maybe we move forward and it's, I don't know. I always loved Halloween 2 in the original. 81, was it? Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I never disliked that being a sequel. Um, maybe this one will be good too. <clears throat> so, guys. Yes, but Halloween 2018 is supposed to be Halloween 2. So, calling Halloween 2020 Halloween 2 adds yet another useless yes. 2. But if you called it Halloween 3 or Season of the Witch, then you'd have to introduce mm-hmm. masks and get rid of. Wait, Michael Myers is dead, right? We burned him up in the inferno. Spoilers for Halloween 2018. Um, yeah. They don't know what we mean if they haven't watched it. No. And if you're a big horror fan listening to this and you haven't seen Halloween 2018. Stop now. Yeah, go back. Wait, don't. It wasn't that good. Ask yourself, <laughs> what have I been doing with my life? So, guys, what have you watched since we did this last? We missed last week because life got in the way. Um, a lot of that was my fault. Uh, life being my fault. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of celebrations going on yeah all of our better halves had their birthdays yeah in one week yeah i don't think i ever noticed that before or noticed it and then promptly forgot it you know what i think that's the latter i because i thought the same thing like how did i not know that and then a little bit later i was thinking like yeah i knew that yeah uh, we we learned that last year i believe or maybe the year before <laughs> do your wives do that thing where they own the whole month Oh, yeah, we, we spread our birthdays out over a week. You know, it's, okay. it's like go out with the, the parents, go out with the friends. Yeah. Have the have your own couple out. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have some sort of a quiet dinner, mm-hmm. hopefully. Hmm. But, yeah, a lot of times women are just like, no, my, my birthday's in June. I have all of June. And that's <laughs> cool. That gives you a chance to be late on something. I did all kinds of great, you know, above and beyond things. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a fucking card. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did a card. 
Yeah. That, well, you always make one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our listeners who don't know this, we're all illustrators and artists of different sorts and similar sorts. You make your wife a custom birthday card. Yeah, I always do her as, as some character and then the yeah. dogs as, as characters to match. Yeah. And over the years, you've had some dogs that uh, didn't make it to the next year. Did you ever make them as spirits? No. That's not a bad idea, is it? Mm. Or is that just sort of... I did her and, and our, our first dog um, as uh, Adam's Family characters one year. That's right, I remember That's that one. That's probably my favorite one. So the Flash mm-hmm. this year? Yeah, it was the Flash. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and then one of our dogs zips around really fast sometimes, so we call her Zoomy when she does that. So she, was, so she was Zoomy, and then our other dog is really slow moving. She was like a puppy mill rescue, and she had no oh, yeah. no concept of what walks were or what outside was. Oh, oh man. So, so when we take her for walks, she takes ages. It's like watching Sherlock Holmes go around... No, to sniff everything <clears throat> half an hour to get around the block, you know. Oh man! So uh, I've got her riding in a backpack on one of the others. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I saw it briefly on Facebook when mm. I was there briefly. I tried to stay off of there. <laughs> social media has gotten to be a little painful, hasn't it? Oh, social media is a nightmare. Yeah, I only I only use Facebook because uh, you know I just if I'm working, it's just like I'm gonna. 15 minutes a day yeah and stick to that yeah that's all right that's pretty much what i do like yeah. i have 15 minutes check make sure nobody sent me any messages mm-hmm. maybe look at a few people's posts and then get the hell off of there yeah yeah well i have a similar version mine is once a week to post about the show scroll through and see if i've missed anything mm-hmm. look at the messages <clears throat> and sometimes i have the alerts turned on for uh facebook messenger right on my phone but a lot of times i don't so i, I like to post uh, good images from movies i've seen yeah yeah so when you when you put up your episode post I yeah put in appropriate ones yeah right. that's always good so speaking of episode posts we didn't have an episode last week but we have this one and before we talk about triangle the movie from 2009 the British-Australian collaboration that the Americans mm-hmm. had nothing to do with. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, For I was once. I, I was thinking, what the fuck did we do now? And it turns out we didn't. <laughs> you thought it was terrible? No, no, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I, I thought it was. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was terrible. Right, right. There's a lot of in between that it lands somewhere. Um, there were some, some, uh, not very hidden Easter egg things that I wonder if you guys noticed. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll get into that one. We yeah, we will. <clears throat> um, then, uh, what have you watched since we did this last? Will, do you want to kick it off? Uh, I watched Good Omens. How was it? Yeah. Middling. Yeah. Uh, is it, it, is it funny? It really feels dated. I think I read I read the, the book, book ages ago. And it was an okay book. It wasn't fantastic. Um, I love the Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels, especially the first three. Okay, yeah. Really good. Um, you can kind of tell which parts are which. Mm-hmm. Like who, what author wrote what. Um, it, felt, it felt really dated, was one thing. It didn't feel terribly funny. I thought it'd be a, a funnier thing, but everything felt very 1990 when the oh. book came out. Okay. Um, 
which just was a little odd. They had cell phones, but then they didn't really do a whole lot with them. Mostly, uh, I didn't care for it. I'm glad it was only six episodes. Hmm. Because I'm not still watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then I watched uh, part of Jessica Jones season three. I think I'm about halfway through. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's better than the last season. Not as good as the first. It's weird when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And then Triangle. Triangle. Yes, which I picked and I apologize for. (laughs) What? Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Um, I think Jolian liked it better than we did. (laughs) What did you see? Well, um, since we did this last, I saw the rest of Chernobyl, which I think when we did this last, I watched watched a couple of them. Two or three episodes. We watched the remaining four or five, however many it was. I think there were eight episodes altogether. And it told the story, and it showed all the horrors of uh, when nuclear stuff goes wrong. And what it could have done had they not taken heroic efforts to stop it where it was, as far as the big meltdown. And um, if the nuclear waste had continued to uh, make its way into the water supply... They said it would have polluted it forever. Yes. And that's a mighty long time. Yes. So um, it was. It, there was a lot about this that uh, it was good that the people, um, the people of the then Soviet Union did what they did. They got the people in motion, even though it cost a lot of lives to do it. <clears throat> they got all the people in to do what they needed to do to clean it up and to stop the, the meltdown from making its way through the ground. And miners were used and all this stuff. Wow. And uh, a lot of the graphite that had exploded up and landed on the roof had to be just sort of shoveled off, you know, back into the middle of the thing. Mm. But it could only be done in 90-second increments for people who were well-clad in, you know, radioactive radioactive proof uh, outfits. Yeah. So they're just like, ding, run, go, do it. Yeah. Ding, get back here. <laughs> Damn. And that kind of stuff was crazy. But uh, like Paul talked about it when he was on for the uh, uh, Tremors episode. Um, basically, you couldn't use equipment because the radioactivity would make the, the motors and the, mm-hmm. electri- the electrical stuff not work. Unless yeah. Done by hand. Yeah. Wretched. A lot of, and they gave a lot of statistics at the end. But uh, they did what they did, and uh, it's probably not safe to go there, although a lot of morons are going there as a vacation destination because they saw the miniseries. Yes. Duh. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. And then, um, as maybe a palate cleanser, um, but again, not my choice, uh, we, and um, this is not a complaint, though, uh, we watched Central Intelligence with Dwayne the Rock Johnson mm. and, huh. and uh, what's the little guy Kevin Hart? He's the size of a kid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and it's about a guy who uh, is just sort of living his life, and it's sort of mundane, and he's sort of troubled about some things and stuff at the office. Is like, why is this jerk getting promoted, and and I'm working really hard, and it was somebody younger who probably is less skilled, but maybe more tech savvy, and he's kind of bumming on that and. He was telling his wife he feels like a big loser. And somebody through Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, and then somebody through Facebook or something pops up and gets a hold of him. And he's like, who is this? He's trying to figure it out. And they open the movie with a cold open of something happening during high school where this kid gets really embarrassed. 
and he's a really overweight kid and he's not doing anything wrong. He's just trying to live his life and, you know, have fun. And these bullies make him really embarrassed and do awful things. Flash forward to now, he is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So he's this monster of a human being with all the muscles. And uh, as you might figure out from the title, he is some sort of a super duper agent. And it's not really clear what's going on, but it seems like either he's run afoul of the CIA or maybe there are bad guys in it. And you're not sure who's the bad guy, who's bad the good guy? Bad guys in the CIA? Yeah, go <laughs> what figure. What kind of traitor's crap is this? <laughs> Treason. Treason. <laughs> the disgusting rigged witch hunt. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, you get to see a lot of... Uh, the good thing about this, right off the bat, is that when you meet Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, he's kind of a big nerd who just happens to be big and muscular now but he's the same dorky guy from high school who is really into what he's into and is not apologetic about it and he's really super happy to see his friend again who he idolized who stuck up for him and then it becomes the kind of the buddy cop movie as you might have guessed Hmm. but it's really fun uh and this kind of mainstream stuff you know i don't usually find it funny or interesting but this one was a a lot of fun and, and had a lot of really hilarious moments in it and you know, when, when The Rock was The Rock and he was, you know, in pro wrestling, I always thought, oh, who are these jerks? You know, these wrestler guys. And we worked with Andy who loved, he was always talking about, you know, wrestlers and the whole, you know, WWE thing. Yeah, I did an eight-page book. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> was it the coloring book? No, it was, uh, it was like a story where it was kind of like um, Secret Wars. Oh. They got... With it, there's this planet, and I think it's Mars, and they pulled the uh, performers from you know all over, all through the years onto the, onto this planet to fight each other. Oh man! So was, everyone was in that. That's a good concept. But uh, whenever we would see these guys, you'd always think, oh, you know, they're so full of themselves, and they're just always in character. When The Rock did SNL. And he was able to just be funny and have fun. It was like, this dude is actually, you know, genuinely a funny person. Mm -hmm. And not this, you know, macho jerk with all the script going on. And uh, one of the sketches they did, he played a gay bartender and it was the funniest damn thing. And it's like, he obviously isn't hung up on the macho image because here he is doing this. No, he's pretty nerdy in real life. Just like Vin Diesel. (laughs) That's right. And... You know, Vin Diesel actually is thrown out there as a as a mention in the movie. <laughs> it's, I forget exactly yeah. the context, but they make fun of themselves and each other, which is good. Good. So it was a fun movie. Um, that was really it for me. Uh, I think since last time from before, I mentioned that I had rewatched Halloween 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for Halloween 2 2018. <laughs> Halloween 2018 too. Yeah. Whatever they're going to call it. I'm ready Halloween for it. Halloween 2020. Yeah. Three, two. The electioning. Yeah. That's what they should the call it. The electioning. Michael Myers runs for president. Well, him oh, and everybody God. else. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> you know? Man. Anyone with a D after their name. I might watch get a Halloween if he ran for president. Mm-hmm. And he stabbed a bunch of people at the debate. Oh, fuck. I would watch that over and over. <laughs> 
and over and over. It's uh, like still not the shittiest hair up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julian, what did you watch? Uh, I watched loads. I just finished up one project, which I cannot mention. Oh, it's still? Um, well, until I'm told otherwise. Right. Um, have I mentioned any of the actors yet? You might have. I can't say. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a note from them that they were pleased with what I'd done. Well, that's, that's oh, good. Um, anyway, so that's done. So I'm waiting for the next one to kick in. Hmm. Uh, okay, so so that's my excuse for watching loads of rubbish. <laughs> Trawling around on uh, Amazon Prime. It's fantastic, isn't it? Getting my eyes dirty. Yeah, God, there are some just absolute oh boy, oh boy. crap and things you <laughs> wouldn't see anywhere else. The dustbin of the movies. They don't care what condition the film is. Oh, my oh God. yeah. Sometimes it makes it better. Yeah. It's all muddy and. <laughs> oh, it really takes you back. Oh, yeah. When you're a kid watching like third generation pirates. And... Yeah. It's like dumpster diving behind the video store. Oh, yeah. It's like you thought, oh, this is the best I'm ever going to see this. Yeah. You know, extended edition Dawn of the Dead, you know, some yeah. barely watchable Dutch burned in subtitle oh, nonsense. God. Anyway, so Evils of the Night, 1983 ish. Um. This is uh, this has got this amazing cast of people on their last legs. Oh no! In a, <laughs> in this terrible mo- movie with barely a plot, it's like for the first half hour, it was just like um, you, you get like this uh, spacecraft lands. It, it's in space and it's obviously footage from another science fiction movie. And then when it lands in, in a forest, it's a completely different craft. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you get a couple of uh, necking couples, and they and they, uh, one of them gets like get, and there's, there's lots of like porno actors in this. Uh, <laughs> one of them, one of them gets pretty far along uh, beyond necking, uh, and you get four kills, uh, and it's just like it's just like a nudity kill, nudity kill, nudity kill. Wait, what's this like, called again? Uh, Evils of the night. <laughs> Evils of the night. On Amazon Prime, everybody. <laughs> uh, so for the first half hour, it's like there's no plot at all. It's just like nudity kill, nudity kill. Yeah, it's just yeah. like pure exploitation. Damn. Uh, so this has got uh, Tina Louise, who is Ginger in Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Yep. Julie Newmar. Oh, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. John Carradine. Wait a minute. Wait Cat a minute. Man. You had Ginger and Catwoman. Yep. Okay, I want Marianne and Catwoman, or Marianne as Catwoman. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, well, they, they both played... Uh, uh, what's, that, what's that Lil Abner character? Who's the, who's the woman that everyone chases? Oh. oh uh, but they both played her on Broadway. Ellie May. <laughs> yeah, Daisy Duke, Ellie May, same thing. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Aldo Ray... Neville Brand, his last movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, judging from the Playboy calendars on display, this is from 1983. Um, and I, I imagine that uh, the only reason that uh, Criterion hasn't put this out is because there's lots of clearance issues over the, all the posters and uh. pinups and things they've got on the wall. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just get after a while. It's just like uh, when's the story gonna kick in? And, oh man! You know, there's a, there's there's like a then they put in a couple of scenes where it's John Carradine and and it's like a, they give you a bit of plot of the aliens being after 
something or other. And, <clears throat> but it, it gets just, you just feel unclean after it's through. <laughs> I know what I'm watching. Yep. All right, here's another one for you then. Uh, Zeta One or Zeta One. Ooh. 1969, a.k.a. The Love Factor. Ooh. <laughs> uh, this is from Tygon, <clears throat> which is the, uh, you know, you in Britain you had uh, Hammer. Uh-huh. And then you had Amicus. Amicus. And then you had a couple of others like Tygon. Oh, okay. Um, so this one's got a couple of Hammer people in there. It's got uh, uh, Valerie Leon, uh, Jut Stensgaard, who is in <laughs> Lust for the Vampire. Uh, James Robertson Justice is in it briefly. Charles Hawtrey from the Carry On series is in it. Uh, Robin Horden from uh, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth. Um, this is a British secret agent science fiction sex comedy. Uh, and, and being a British and it one... it fails at all of those. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, like the, the cast, like, like uh, when they have to get into bed, they just look so embarrassed. Oh, my God. Uh, the first 20 minutes, I kid you not, are Jutz Stenskard and Robin Horden playing strip poker. 20 minutes. 20 the minutes. opening 20 minutes is just like... Huh. Uh, some people shouldn't make films. Yeah. What happened to the editor? Was he on holiday? Yeah. Mind, right. Mind-numbingly boring. Oh. <laughs> so that's another one for you. Uh, Mr. Moto's Last Warning. Um, Peter Laurie. Jo- John Carradine again. He, he pops up a lot on Amazon Prime. You might be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George Sanders. Uh, obviously unhappy to be there. Um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, and you also have uh, Mr. Moto being impersonated by an actual Japanese actor. What? Uh, Teru Shimada, who is in, uh, he's best known for uh, You Only Live Twice. Mm. Um, so this is all about espionage on the eve of World War II. Um, and uh, there's a villainous ventriloquist played by Ricardo Cortez. Wow. Uh, he was in the 1931 version of Maltese Falcon. Oh, okay. Which is... Yeah, I'm the most famous version of that. Yeah. It had Peter Lurie in it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that one. Uh, Happy Death Day to You. Oh, okay. From this year. How uh, was that? Directed by Christopher London. Um, I, I found it kind of flat. I didn't find it funny. I, I enjoyed the first one. Right. Uh, still got a good cast, you know, returning people like Jessica Roth in it. Um I heard it wasn't even a horror film. It was just no, kind it's of more science just, fiction. Yeah. So they explain why the time loop happens. Ah. And uh, and most of the first half is like students sitting around talking and using phones. You know, typical new neo horror. So mm-hmm. real life stuff. Um, <clears throat> feels like a TV science fiction show with a slash a bit every half hour. Um, doesn't really care about breaking the fourth wall. Hmm. Um. Or making convincing events and things. Um, there's a long montage with uh, where they show lots of mathematical equations and suicide. Huh. Um, suicide is painless, but not math. And, and then when they want to be all touchy-feely with the characters, they they have that that kind of piano music they use for cancer ads. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think of it as cancer music, you know. Cancer music, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. Um, yeah, it wants to be back to the future, but it's not. Mm. Uh, and I watched uh, Knife and Heart, which is uh, f- from this year. Heard of this one? It's on Shudder. No. no. Uh, from uh, Young Gonzalez. Uh, it's a French movie, Un Couteau dans le coeur. Um, it stars uh, Vanessa Paradis as Anne. She's really good in this. Really good. 
Um, have you heard of her? Was no, she ever, uh-huh. everything here? Uh, she was a French pop star, <clears throat> and uh, and she got married to Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. and, and oh, he moved yeah. to France, and then they had a bad breakup. And she's gone into Johnny acting. Depp had a bad breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Is he famous for that? Yes. Okay. He he got all bougie and you know stopped showering and yeah, got all fucking high and mighty. So she plays uh, Anne, who's a uh, gay porn director in 1979 Paris. And she's recently split with her editor, Lois, who's played by Kate Moran. And uh, her performers in the films are being killed by a masked murderer with a dagger dildo. (laughs) And he's heralded by a blind bird. Um, And then this prompts Anne to start making a new film about the murder case as it's still going on uh, in order to win back Lois. Okay. She wants to make a film that's like striking enough to win Lois back. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't find it particularly stylish. You know, people are saying, oh, this is like, you know, Argento at his best. No. No. Just because you've got a red light, you know, red filter every now and then. Yeah. To make you Argento. I remember reading the, the description of this now that you mentioned the dildo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't expect it to be Barber or Argento or uh, even Martino. It, it, but it, you know, it, it is interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and she's really good in it. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, it, it felt a bit ironically removed from events. I didn't mm. uh, feel much for the characters. Um, didn't really commit to being. You know the the, the uh, giallo back in the day they were committed to this perverse vision yes you'd be seeing it through the killer's point of view or, or yeah you know, n- not camera point of view but it was like this perverse world you're in yeah There's yeah, like yeah. With, with desires going on and um this one i felt like i was objectively watching things going on oh um okay uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Seasons one and two, 1969. Nice. Uh, this is coming out on blue in September. They're doing this like limited edition mystery mansion set. <laughs> it comes in this mansion box <laughs> with a, an encyclopedia of Scooby-Doo <clears throat> and a keychain and stuff. Wow. For about 90 bucks. Anyway, watch that. Did you ever watch Scooby-Doo? Oh, oh yeah. I grew yeah, up I watching the hell, of, yeah. hell out of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I still, yeah. I still like the look of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I hate those songs they have in the second season. Oh, I don't oh, know. that's right. They did musical numbers while the yeah, chase it, scenes and stuff were going on. Gum pop. Oh, it's just terrible. But you know, it's good. Uh, you know, early monster. Yeah. You know, if you were a kid and you wanted to see anything with a monster in it, that's why we watched. Yeah. It was always some landlord or some caretaker trying to scare people off. Right. Yeah. If their name, if anyone who's named Ezra or Ebenezer, it's them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Those are the most evil names. <laughs> uh, Enigma, which is a Lucio Fulci movie from 1986. So uh, uh, he's, uh, his, his golden years are behind him. I watched this one recently. Did you? Yeah. What did you reckon? It felt very uh, staid. It felt very, like, toned down. Like... Mm-hmm. There were parts that were like, oh, this is almost faulty, but right. then he pulled back. It was kind of strange. It was, yeah. it, it wasn't a bad movie, but I didn't, it didn't feel like a faulty movie. I expected a lot more blood and injuries to the eyes and whatnot. <laughs> um, 
There's a, have you seen Enigma? No. This is an Italian-Yugoslavian movie uh, where uh, you have a woman named uh, Kathy is pranked at uh, uh, St. Mary's College, Boston. And she ends up in a coma. And then uh, Eva Gordon enters the college and she's possessed by Kathy. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, uh, what was it, Patrick and a little bit Suspiria. Mm-hmm. But not as good as in either of those. No. Um, yeah, uh, for some reason I'm stuck on watching a lot of horror movies that take place in girls' schools. <laughs> uh, this one's got aerobics in it. Yeah. Um, Death by Snails. Mm. <laughs> That was a good bit. I did like the death by snails. And I like the bit where the woman's standing beneath uh, the painting um, uh, Massacre of the in- Innocents, uh, the Guido Reni painting, mm-hmm. and it starts bleeding on her. Yeah. And you know, and typically in these horror movies, if some someone's like standing beneath something that's bleeding on them, they just stand there looking up. <sighs> uh, anyway, uh, it's got some uh, deadly sculpture in it, uh, window decapitation. Yeah. Uh, Jared Martin's in it. Um, so it's got, you know, it's got some enjoyable bits in it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I um, felt. Like, it was enjoyable, but not, it was not zombie too. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, that's that. Uh, you know, uh, when we were talking about how, uh, what sequels you could do for Friday the 13th that haven't been done before. Yeah. I thought, well, you know, as, as opposed to people, you know, smoking up and, and getting naked and then getting killed. Yeah. You could have one that's a Bible camp. Well, it's been oh, done. Oh, yeah. But what they did was, uh, this is called Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. <laughs> yes, I saw the... From 2012, Vito Trebuco. Uh, you saw... I didn't watch it, but I saw the description of this. So it was on, it's, on, it's on Amazon Prime. Right. Uh, so it's got Reggie Bannister in it, who also co-produced it. He's from the... Um, Phantasm. Phantasm series, yeah. yeah. Uh, he plays Father Richard Cummings... <laughs> Dick Cummings. Uh, and it also stars Ron Jeremy as Jesus. Of course. Uh, so there seems to be several other uh, porno people. Um, so it starts at a Bible camp in 1977 where they're talking about Elvis and Star Wars and sex. And uh, by the time the credits end, about you know, a quarter of an hour or so later, they've all been killed by a, a nun named Sister Mary Chopper. <laughs> of course and then it goes to uh, 1984 where Father Cummings takes a bunch of campers to Happy Day Bible Camp which is now known as Bloody Bloody Bible Camp and there's more killings hmm huh um, it looks like they had fun making it <laughs> did you have fun watching it not really oh right <laughs> uh, just really stupid yeah humor I passed on it because it seemed like it seemed like it was uh uh, it would be stupid humor like that, and the fact that it was like 2012 or something, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, yeah, no, I don't think you don't want to watch any um, Ron Jeremy past his prime. No, no. Um, on the kid was pretty well done, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't find it funny or scary yeah. or anything. Um, I, I, was, I was hoping for something where you know what I was thinking of with Bible Camp was like people be, uh, you know, they like be repressing themselves and then something would happen yeah but no that they're, they're like even more horny than the well that's true even more uh, acting on their horniness than than that um all right we re- rewatched uh, kong skull island because then we hadn't seen it um oh yeah yeah i i, I enjoy it a lot I mean, you've both seen that one. yeah yeah you guys went and watched it together 
Um, we, no, we didn't. Oh, not together. But you did a show. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it. Um, it was good. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I like it because it's, you know, the Kong stories are fairly linear. You know, you go to this island and then you various things happen. You work up to yeah. Kong. Um, so it allows them to stop and take in like beautiful images and things. So I wonder how they're going to handle it when he enters into the monster mash uh, yeah. for the next uh, for the Kong versus Godzilla team up. You know, yeah. If they if they can keep him in a good story. Um, let's see. Uh, watched a couple of Hong Kong movies, uh, martial arts movies. Uh, Holy Flame in the Martial World, nineteen eighty three. This is like prime. Hong Kong fantasy, early 80s, yeah. you know, disco light, martial art action. <laughs> so, it's so fun. Uh, um, this is uh, directed by uh, Chung Koo Lu, who also directed Holy Virgin of the Evil De- Holy Virgin versus the Evil Dead. Which I've got to see. Yeah. Um, and this, got, this stars uh, Max Mark and uh, Philip Kwok. Um, anyway, I uh, also watched... Uh, a bunch of bunch of those. All right, here's another one for you. Uh, the Centerfold Girls, 1974. John Dicer <clears throat> also stars Aldo Ray. Yeah. Um, now Aldo Ray. Let me interrupt for just a second. Um, there was a movie called We're No Angels, and it was Humphrey Bogart, Aldo Ray, and Peter Ustinov. Uh huh. And it was the three of them were, I think, escaped from prison. Right. Or they were out on parole. I want to say they were escaped, and it was. It seemed like the style of the humor was really ahead of its time. And anyone who wants to see something that was from, I don't know, I'm assuming it was pre-1950. I don't know what what year Bogart was around. I guess I could... Yeah, he, he died in the late 50s. Yeah, I, I assumed it was, you know, pre-1950 or pre-mid-1950. Anyway, um Really funny movie, mm-hmm. and ahead of its time. And then they did some version of it with Sean Penn and somebody else years later, which, okay. which is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, that's a good one if you ever want to yeah. see, see an old uh, Bogart movie where he's actually being pretty funny. Yeah, another uh, funny Aldo Ray one is uh, Pat and Mike. It's one of those Catherine Hepburn Spencer oh. Tracy movies. Mm. I don't know that one. Uh, he plays a boxer in that. Oh, okay. He's really funny in that one. And then if you want to see him doing really menacing, uh, Naked in the Dead. Yes. Oh. Good one. Um, so this, this one's got him, uh, Andrew Prine, who was in Grizzly and Amityville 2. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, uh, it, it, uh, it gives away right away that uh, Andrew Prine is this fellow who's uh, killing the centerfolds who appeared in Bachelor magazine. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts out their photos. And so if you're the centerfold on the following page, then you get spared <laughs> because... He's cut it out, so he's skipping months. Oh, anyway, okay. Um, so, uh, and he also, li- he, he just wears black and white. He he has black and white spats and black and white suit, and his apartment is all white. Everything's in white. Um, so he, he's stalking them, and then you've got, like, uh, basically there's three episodes where he's stalking a particular centerfold. So he'll, he'll, he'll end, an episode will end with him killing like uh, Miss uh, March or whatever and then and then you'll move on to a completely different story so um, uh, one of them you've got uh, Miss March who's Jackie who picks up a hippie who moves her friends into a lakeside house and uh, so it gets kind of Manson movie yeah for a bit and then she gets raped by a neighbour who's played by Aldo Ray 
and then uh, and then the centerfold killer turns up and kills her. So okay, it's <laughs> so mean. Um, and then uh, the, the third one, you got uh, Miss May, who's Charlie, who takes a group boat trip out uh, on a boat steered by Mike Mazurki of all people, hmm. character actor from many a gangster movie. Hmm. Um, to a photo shoot on a, at an island mansion and the killer shows up and starts knocking them off one by one. Um, and then you've got uh, Miss July, who's played by uh, Tiffany Bolling. Do you know I her? I know her. She was in this movie called uh, Wicked Wicked. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, no, I've not seen that. But that was this I've movie, but they, the whole thing is done in split screen. So it's double image. Huh. And so you have different things going on on each side of the screen. Ooh hard to watch yeah it is quite fun um so uh yeah so she, she's in the last one she's stalked by the killer and hits the road to try and get away from him and um there's a cool climax to that um and this was later picked up and distributed by trauma uh, and it's also got uh, jennifer ashley in it james blythe ray danton jamie limbauer um yeah, it's, it's really pretty mean-spirited. <laughs> uh, you know, prime, mid-70s. Yeah. Uh, Post-Manson stuff. Uh, all right, I wanted to see a, a werewolf movie that I hadn't seen before. In the and midst of this werewolf shortage that we're yeah, experiencing? Yes. So I, I watched uh, Wolf Devil Woman, which turned out not to be a wolf a werewolf movie, really. So it's also known as Wolf and Ninja. Uh, from 1982, Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan movie. Uh, directed by Chung Ling. Um, you've got a couple and their baby who flee this vampire voodoo devil cult. <laughs> and the cult tracks them down in the mountains. And uh, they the, the couple kill themselves, but in doing so, they hide their child and also cause an avalanche by headbutting the mountain. Okay. And then uh, the uh, this wolf pack turns up with this big heroic theme and, and rescues the baby and, and uh, raises the child in their ice cave which kind of looks like the fortress of solitude <laughs> and and she grows and then she grows up into this young woman who wears this like plush dog hat <laughs> and uh she's also the uh so she's uh, played by Paul Chang who's also the director writer producer oh. um she was famous in Taiwan for a like sword play tv series and the uh and this is the first of a trilogy so this is followed by Wolf Devil Woman 2 and then uh, Miraculous Flower uh, and you'll notice that uh, this uses some of Goblin's Dawn of the Dead score. Ooh. With uh, permission or not? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and it's got this terrible comic relief guy named Rudy. Uh, and the dub is really bad. Now, on, on the version they've got on Amazon, is like this VHS crop dub. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, just awful. You also see a rabbit actually being shot with an arrow and a chicken, which I hope was dead, being ripped in half. So mm. uh, beware of that. And then while I was on Shudder for uh, watching Triangle, I watched uh, Effects, 1978. This is a whole bunch of people who worked with uh, George Romero. Mm. And uh, I think between Martin and Dawn, they did this movie called Effects. So this is uh, directed by Dusty Nelson. And uh, this is about... Uh, this, this people go up to this mountain house and uh, they think they're appearing in this possession movie called Something's Wrong but uh, the director's got his own secret crew and uh, they're making a movie called Duped the Snuff Movie mm. um, so, it, so it goes terribly wrong so this has got 
various uh, familiar people like Joe Pilato plays the lead. Nice. And uh, and then Tom Savini plays Nick, <laughs> and he also does the effects. And John Harrison plays the director. Um, uh, Deborah Gordon, who played like featured zombies in the movies, um, is, is plays Rita. Um, and it's it's shot really naturalistically, so it kind of it's kind of sloppy looking and too dark sometimes. Mm. But it pays off when the snuff starts because it's really, it's really ugh. yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, you know a lot, a lot of it's dull and it doesn't. It, it could have been so so much better. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was interesting to see what you're. Yeah, yeah. People you're familiar with doing that. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah, right. there's something on Prime called Night of the Living Dead Business Model, <laughs> and I think it's a different cut of Night of the Living Dead. It says 1967 on it, directed by George Romero. Not had a chance to watch it, but I think mm. it's probably just like a bad copy. So it's not like the rough cut that's on the Blu-ray? Yeah, I don't know. I've not watched it, so I don't know if it's if that's what it is. or. Huh. Yeah, because like on the, on the Criterion Blu-ray, they've got yeah. that one that's Night of Anubis. Yeah. Which is basically yeah. the rough cut. Yeah. So I wonder if it's not the same okay. thing. Hmm. Oh, weird. Oh, check it out. All right. All right. Triangle. Triangle. Well, before we do, um, I just pulled up the Wikipedia page. We're No Angels uh, came out in 1955. And the female lead in that was Joan Bennett. Mm. Oh, nice. And uh, Basil Rathbone was also Joan in Bennett it. from yeah. Suspiria. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other movies. Yeah. Cat Women on the Moon. Sure. Swamp Diamonds. Yeah, she's probably oh. got a Wikipedia page that goes on forever. Or you could look up. What's that one called? <clears throat> let's something see. like Halfway to Hell or something. It was a noir. Let's see. Uh, she was in Dark Shadows. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Street. Scarlet Street. That's the, she's mm, excellent. Now. Yeah, Edward G. Robinson. The I woman. Love Scarlet Street. The, the woman, woman in the window. Yep. yep. Mm, yeah. That's also Robinson. Robert. Yeah. She's got ninety-seven credits, yo. Yeah. Gidget Gets Married, Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. She was even on episodes of Love American Style. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. So She um, evidently had such poor vision. She, she, I mean, she acted without glasses, but really couldn't see. Couldn't read those terrible scripts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and the other thing was uh, Daisy May was the name of the character. Daisy oh, right, May. Right, right, right. Daisy May was the character on Little Abner. Yes. So, um, Triangle. Joel, Triangle. Did you watch it at all? Yeah, we, I watched it today. Okay, so you, you 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 took a hit, you know, you took one for the team. You didn't make your wife go through this. No. Okay. We were going to watch it last night, but yeah. it didn't work out. Okay, so you watched this on Shutter, and yep. uh, what were your what were your initial thoughts on it? Did you have any like preconceived notions? No, because like uh, the poster and everything makes it look like a slasher on a ship, which I yeah, you know, yeah. I'm content to watch, but it wasn't. No, no. There's lots of some slasher elements to it, but right, it's really yeah. not. It's more like a, a, a Twilight Zone that goes on too long. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought it would be more Bermuda Triangle-y. Not mm-hmm. that it wasn't, but I thought they'd make more references to it Yeah. or play that up a little more. But if you didn't know they were in Florida, it doesn't... It, yeah, it doesn't even matter. You don't, they never mention, like, oh, we're near the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, you were hoping for that because... Cause what's the triangle? It's like Bermuda, Miami, what's the third point? 
don't know. I don't remember. There's several Let's points. See. It's not an actual. Okay. Um, like some that. people say, it's you know different points. It's not okay. A singular, singular contained area. I don't think. I think it's moved. Since yeah. it's all bullshit. I'm going to spoil the movie. <laughs> I remember we were hearing a lot about it when I was a kid. Cause like, oh, my God, um, yes. Back in back in the 70s, like the flying saucers and the Bermuda Triangle. We were, very, yeah. we were very concerned about this as well. And it's funny that I maybe never mentioned it when I would mention we were so concerned with Evil Knievel, Muhammad Ali, <laughs> Killer Bees, yes. uh, some other shit. Swine flu. Yeah, <laughs> swine flu. Sure. Um, uh, the gas embargo. Oh, geez, the gas embargo. The lines to get gasoline. It was just weird. Yeah. Like, like we had more of it then than we have now. Yeah. What were we waiting in line for? Yeah, we've peaked now. Yeah. Production. Yep, production has peaked and we're on our way down. Uh, of course, these old farts that run everything, they don't care. Mm-mm. They're, they're just going to... be dead before it. Yeah. They're, they're losing money. They're going to run the wheels off of it. They don't give a damn. If only we could turn them into oil. Maybe, given enough billions of years, they'll fossilize and. Yeah, it's, weird, it's weird to think. What's that? What's that gas station chain which has the dinosaur? Sinclair. Sinclair, yeah. yeah. So they have a model dinosaur made of plastic. So it's probably made from. Yeah. Old, old dinosaurs. It probably yeah. is. <laughs> and most of the petroleum, uh, you know, the fossil fuels aren't made from dinosaur fossil. It's plant no, it's fossils. Mostly plant fossils. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so weird. But back to the Bermuda Triangle and the threat it was in the 70s. Yeah, it was like you could be very concerned about sharks if you were living somewhere landlocked. Mm-hmm. You could be very concerned about, yeah, sharks were another thing. Um, and we should be more worried about those now, what's in the news lately. But uh, but we were very concerned about the Bermuda Triangle is going to get us, even yeah. though you live nowhere near it. But there was a lot, or the Devil's Triangle, as a lot of people called it. Yes, the Devil's Triangle. You'd have to cross it to get to a lot of major routes, you know. I suppose that's true. Um, But nobody, I don't know, it it seemed like one of the worst things that happened with the the Bermuda Triangle was that people would think they were somewhere using something as a visual reference, and they were fooled because it was some other strip of land or island or whatever. Yeah. And so they would get turned around and then they would be pretty sure that their instruments were lying to them because they were certain they were going the correct direction, but the instruments said they were going another direction. That's one of the things that would happen. I, I like that story where yeah. it was like a flight of uh, was, I think American jet fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or Grumman's or something. And they, they, uh, they just went completely off course and, and like somehow got turned upside down. Yeah, they they ran out of fuel because it's just like he was talking about the. I think they figured out the guy thought he was looking at Florida, but he wasn't. Mm. Right, he was going like the wrong way, and then yeah, he was like, "Oh, my instruments aren't reading right." Right, it's like, like, "Well, well, you're not reading them right. Your face (laughs) isn't reading right." Yeah. And uh, but yeah, and then they turn up in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which. As a kid, just blew me away. Oh, it was, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle and his aliens. Um, so one of the things about this that that was really interesting was you, you're sort of led to believe it's going to go there, mm-hmm. and this woman ha- is having some chaotic life, and she seems to be a single mother. Uh, 
I felt like it was some heavy handed foreshadowing where she grabs a, like a, a capsized boat out of the, mm-hmm. the kiddie pool. Yeah. Um, I thought they missed a opportunity to paint the boat the same as the real boat. Yeah. That would, that would have been a good idea. Uh, she does make it just on time. And then there's like a, a lunkhead that she talks to on the way in who, who's supposed to be 18 yeah he's been sleeping behind the marina yeah that's the guy you hire uh he was a hemsworth mm-hmm. and it's oh, like was he? yeah he yeah. was liam he's, he's the younger brother oh okay yeah. and the three of them yeah. yeah and this was it just seemed like he still looked too young but it turns out this is from 2009 so no wonder he looked 10 years younger than he is because oh. he was when they filmed it uh so they set off on this voyage and um and she seems disoriented, confused, maybe tired. And there's some weird, like, flashback to her sleeping or something. Uh, on a beach. And yeah. Stuff. Waking, waking up, up on a beach. And there's little sand crabs running around. Um, so we then see bougie people being snooty mm-hmm. uh, on a yacht or a sailing boat, whatever. Yeah. And they think she's some sort of a gold digger. And, and it's Heather and her husband. Yeah. So then we're we're off and it, it's like what's going to happen? It doesn't take long. What fifteen twenty minutes? We see the, you know the the wind drops out completely. And then we see this the weird storm or event horizon, whatever you want to call it, and then the weird stuff happens. Yeah. Now, boat's been capsized and they have to get onto a cruise liner that passes by. Yeah, and it looks old timey with all the rivets the and crap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the. Uh, uh, which I was already looking it up, but then they spoon-fed that to us later, the Greek god of the winds. Mm-hmm. And there are three different uh, gods or entities that have used that name, uh, Aeolus or Aeolus, however you pronounce it. Um, first thing I want to talk about before we get into like the, the capsizing and all that stuff, um, Liam Hemsworth's character is... Victor? Victor. His armband tattoo denotes a fundamental uh, lack of commitment <laughs> because it doesn't go all the way around. So yes. I'm not sure I like this guy to start with. He seems like kind of a knucklehead and his armband isn't even a band. It's like a arm bar. I don't know. Um, but uh, we're not far into it. We, you know, clumsy foreshadowing, lack of commitment, armband. And then we, we get a, uh, a ghost ship. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm in. You know, I'm I'm a little apprehensive. You know, maybe Will said the words, it's not good. Yeah, it's basically it's overlook on the sea. You know, funny you should say that. <laughs> I did I did not overlook one of the the big hit you over the head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know one of the Easter eggs now. Room two thirty seven? Yeah. Okay. I saw it right away. I thought that couldn't be that obvious. Oh, yeah. oh yes, it yeah. could. Yeah, um, I thought the same thing. I was like, no, it's 232. It can't be 237. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought I was misreading it. And then, yeah. So so I, I, I have in my notes, ooh, a ghost ship. And uh, I see the name on it, and I look it up right away, and I went, ooh, that may be a little on the nose. And then you get inside the ship, you know, down into the different decks and the corridors, and it seemed like it was a very Kubrickian one-point perspective. Mm-hmm. On a lot of stuff, it mm-hmm. was like you're you're in a Stanley Kubrick movie, and uh, then um, it's 1930s. And... Yeah, it seemed like okay, we're back in time, 
And then this this whole uh, thing, like, where are we going with this, is interrupted by all of this exposition dump. And it's like... And then I realized something. I didn't know there was a drowned character at this point. I'm like, wait, what? Who's Heather? Wait, yeah. which, one, which one drowned? It was the other woman who was brought along to be the date for the... Yeah. For Greg, the ship yeah. captain, who... Yeah. Was he gay? He... It he, was, it was he, implied a couple times. I think he was, because he... Uh, the hairdo? I think swing. No, because he, he <laughs> let an 18-year-old man move in with him. Yeah, well... So it seemed a little fishy to me. It just felt like he could go both ways. Yeah. Um, well, wait a minute. He's, he's a rich guy who takes on a, a, a young man to be his assistant. Is he Batman? That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to see it to happen. I, I liked him. I, oh, I yeah. The most likable character in the movie. Yeah. I think so, yeah. They tried to make us dislike the rich, snooty people that were along I for the ride. I certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't let them make me dislike them. I just, I was. I couldn't uh, spend a, a you know, sherry yacht with them. That's no. way too close quarters. No. Um, but honestly, I was indifferent to them. Yeah. At best. Um, Downey and yeah. Sally. So, kind of name is Downey. Downey, yeah, Downey Soft. Yeah, he's a fabric softener. A little bear. Yeah, they did start using an adorable little bear for the fabric softener. So, yeah. so uh, the rich woman's name is da- Sally. Sally, I thought. Okay, and then the the drowned woman is Heather. Heather. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I don't know why I can remember all these names, <laughs> but I do. And then Jess is our and is, Jess is, is our the, female lead. Yeah. yeah. Or is she the heroine, or is she the villain? Some, some of A, she's some of B. She's the protagonist. Yeah, at yeah, least you, you're with her most of the time. Yeah, she's at least the one we follow over her shoulder most of the movie. Yeah. Now, with the one point perspective, and I'm thinking this is kind of Kubrickian, and then all of a sudden, I, my note says, "Really, Cabin Two Thirty Seven? And then a mirror with stuff written in blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, are you still on board? No pun intended at this point. Or are you just sort of rolling your eyes and drumming your fingers? Uh, it didn't hit me then. It was like, it was much later. I was entertained enough by the nonsense on the boat. Uh huh. It wasn't until later that it felt like, can't this end already? Mm-hmm. Well, it was nine minutes outside the Barnes limit. <laughs> it felt a lot longer than, than whatever it was 99 minutes or now did, so. did either one of you feel like it kept running through the loop too many times a little bit yeah yeah i felt i could have they could have tightened up there's lots of uh shots that it's like why why have we seen that again yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one that that really worked for me and this is a little further along in the movie is um what was the redheaded woman's name sally sally when uh, Jess comes up onto that deck and Sally's injured trying to get away. And there's a whole bunch of her. There's yeah, a whole pile that's of... That's a really good shot. Yeah. A whole, whole pile of dead Sally's. Really good whole range. I, I, jumped ba- I jumped back 10 seconds, which you can do on uh, Shutter, uh-huh. and paused it, and I counted. There were at least... Let me see. I have a note here. Um, there were at least 28 copies of Sally. Wow. I mean, I saw at least... 26 or so heads and then i could see a couple places where maybe the head wasn't showing but there was enough of a body and like the you legs are yeah yeah 
I like the shot when she was, uh, I think, right before that, uh, when she pulled her necklace out. Oh, yeah, She looked down in the grate, and there were a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the necklace was hanging there again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they'd been through the loop a lot more times than we had, so what are we complaining about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did work for you, Julian? Yeah, those images... um... The pacing, did the pacing work? Uh, no, I felt it was too long. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, it felt like there's it, it a Twilight Zone set up and then you can guess what's happening pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, I hate it when I'm that far ahead of a character. Did you get... Yeah, when they, when they intercept the message on the boat... Yeah. You knew immediately mm-hmm. it was from one of them from a different time. And yeah. then it just felt like, get to it. Yeah, we, we saw this in Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, we've seen but, this. Yeah, especially the ending where she gets back to land. Yeah, that felt on and on. on and on and on, and it, I really thought it would be she'd end up on land, and then it would end with her ringing the doorbell because by the time you'd figure out, mm-hmm. oh, she rang her yeah. doorbell, and then it would end, and you'd be like, right. oh, that was, that was all right. Yeah. Oh, did great. all these did all these trips through the loop make her a better person? Because well, no, no. she's witnessing herself being pretty awful to her autistic son who, you know, he's right. innocent. And it, it kind of has her, uh, like her two sides of her where she's being like trying to be the good person and where she's accepting she has to be a bad person. Uh-huh. And these both play out in the various loops. Yeah. Where she's like accepted that she has to kill everyone. Right. For some reason, I don't understand why. I didn't understand that either. She said it's because it brought the boat back, the upturned right yacht but so you feel it's going to be the, like uh, yeah. happy death day or, or groundhog day where someone figures out they're in the loop and then they try and they break it in order to get out of the loop yeah uh so she's kind of telling herself and telling us that's what she's trying to do but she's actually not doing those things she's actually following through she's like mm-hmm. doing all the things she's seen before yeah uh, and actually not breaking it so i felt like she was actually um, what the movie was saying was she she doesn't want to get out. She doesn't want to go back home and deal with this difficult kid. Ah, oh, I can um, see that. So she's she's trapping herself. Um, so uh, I don't know if she ever went on a sea voyage, but yeah, it's this kind of metaphorical place where she's put herself that she doesn't have to deal with life back home. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so I thought that was interesting that, that she's you know she's telling us one thing but doing another. And, yeah. Uh, messing it up for herself. Yeah, I took that more as like you can't escape fate. Even though she was deciding to do something different, she always had to do the same mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, one thing that got me is uh, where'd the guy get the banana? No, he picked it up off the. They had, oh. they had the buffet. They had the buffet. Oh, before it was rotten. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Because yeah, it got rotten at some point. I was like, "Should you eat that? Don't eat time bananas." No, time bananas. No, No, it's not a good idea. No. But uh, she takes a shot at the masked killer. Yeah. And hits the killer in the head. Yeah. And doesn't kill her. It just grazes her, and she's bleeding. And that character, the one bleeding, then just just disappears from the movie. Yeah. Like, she was running around killing people, but then they just kind of forgot her character. Yeah. She, like, went well, down a hallway, and it was like, 
She what kind happened? of turns up at the the corpse that comes out the car. Oh yeah, well that was the that was the one from the that house. That was one from the house. She hit with a hammer. On the, yeah, with the blue paint on her knee. Yeah. So yeah, this one just they just kind of forgot her. She went into a hallway, and then the, mm-hmm. like the movie was like, oh, we're done with her. The continuity don't people remember. We're that. just like, you know yeah. what? Who's going to notice? Because we can't have too many people going in this loop, which yeah. I thought would have been more interesting if they kept. Making these loops bigger and more well, there convoluted. Lot, lots of loops and things are slightly different. Yeah. yeah. Do, do either one of you go for the uh, the time travel uh, mystery slash horror as a subgenre? Do you dig it? Yeah, yeah that's all right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Like time crimes. <coughs> I still need to watch that one. Yeah, that one's. I think you'll enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that one called? Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, that's and of a course good Primer one. or Primer, however you want to pronounce it. Also good. Uh, there's a bunch of them, and uh, and I'll watch. You know, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I don't like the third one. I like the first two. I think I like the second one better. Uh, but that kind I of stuff. Too. And if you, and if the people making the movie pay really good attention to their continuity, then it makes it like very interesting, and 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 you can kind of uh, suspend your disbelief a little better, and just sort of rely on them to take you on this trip because they're not missing obvious things like where'd that go? Yeah. Um, the other thing, um, it, it, there were points at which it felt like, Oh, another thing from the shining where she grabs the fire ax. Right. Which is something Jack does in the shining. And the note I wrote to myself, if I see a guy in a dog costume blowing a butler, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I expected that. Did you? I was thinking, you know, who's putting on the dog suit in this thing? Because, you know, it's, it's... the masked shooter. Okay. Um, did either one of you figure it out right away? Oh, that's her. Oh, yeah. Not immediately. No? I took a little while, too. Of course, if they had pulled back and showed her shoes, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah, would have. She's out up in a balcony when she's shooting people first. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you picked it out pretty early, though? Once uh, she cornered her and she started saying whatever. You have to kill them. Yeah, when she starts speaking. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's obviously her. Right. From, uh, you know, but I had my suspicions before that even. I was like, oh, I think that's probably her or one of the other people that's trapped in this loop. Hmm. Now, when when Victor came stumbling along bleeding and she, uh, Jess goes to help him, hold him, whatever, and she she sticks her finger in his brain hole in the back (laughs) back of his head. Uh, did either one of you think, see, he doesn't need a brain. <laughs> He's just kind of a dummy. Yeah. I did not care for that whole poke through the head with something jabbing out of the side of the boat. It's not that easy to poke no. through a skull. She just like pushed him against there and he must have had a skull made out of paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> he acted like it. Yeah. Cause it went in real easy and then didn't yeah. kill him immediately. No, he just walked around for a while. Yeah. He just doesn't need that brain. I guess. You're right. <laughs> yeah, he's not using most of it. Um, and, of course, the lifeboats were all gone. That, that wasn't, I like that. Yeah, that wasn't surprising. Um, at one point, uh, I paused the movie because uh, I was overwhelmed with curiosity, and I, and I Googled ghost ships. And, you know, when you get past any hits that refer to the movie Ghost Ship, which apparently sucks, which I haven't seen, um, and a lot of people say it sucks. Um, Which one? There's uh, one called Ghost Ship. From like came what, out in the mid '90s, early '90s. Three I can think of. 
Mm. Ooh. There's an early 80s one. Yeah. With, where it's like a Nazi experiment ship. Mm. And then there's the recent one, which has a good opening, but then it sucks. Mm. That must be the one. And then there's the Val Luton one back in... Ooh. Uh, what was that? Must be late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. So there's a boat, and, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but it's uh, the, the Bechimo or the Bechimo. It's spelled B-A-Y-C-H-I-M-O. It was a steel-hulled, uh, 1,322-ton cargo steamer built in 1914 in Sweden. It was owned by the Hudson's Bay Company, and it was used to trade provisions for pelts in the Inuit settlements along the Victoria Islands coast of the Northwest Territories of Canada. Uh, and I do love this in this Wikipedia, that when they refer to ships, they say she. Yes. Because ships have the female gender. Um, so it goes on to say that uh, she became a notable ghost ship along the Alaska coast, being abandoned in 1931 and seen numerous times until her last sighting in 1969. Now, this mm. is not saying it's it's a phantom apparition of a ship. They're just saying it's floating around. Yeah, there's, there's another one that turned up recently off of, yeah. uh, off of England. That's crazy. Ships that just get abandoned. Yeah. yeah. And, they, you know, if you think that you're going to find something that's missing somewhere. Imagine a whole, like, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, 1300 ton ship mm-hmm. made of steel, just kind of floating around the ocean waiting to be noticed. Yeah. Um, if you read up on this one though, um, and again, it's spelled B A Y C H I M O. If you read up on it, it's really super interesting. Um, it was, uh, the sightings. It's crazy. 1931, it was spotted again. Uh, let's see. The, a lot of it had to do with weather and, and ice and whatnot. But uh, let's see. A few sightings were uh, after the ship disappeared on 24th November 1931. Uh, the ship was found 45 miles south of where she was lost, but again was ice packed. After several months, she was spotted again about 300 miles to the east. In March of the following year, floating <coughs> peacefully near the shore. Uh, a man traveling to Nome with his dog sled team saw the <laughs> ship. Uh, it was seen by a company of prospectors. Um, so I going to say prostitutes. Prostitutes boarded the ship <laughs> and used it as a floating brothel for a while. Um, in August of 1932, she was boarded by a 20-man Alaskan trading party off of Wainwright, Alaska. Uh, March 1933. They were trapped in a time loop. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. Uh, still there. A group of Alaska natives um, boarded the ship, and they were trapped aboard for 10 days because of a freak storm. Wow. Um, it goes on and on. 1939, 1939, 1962. And then, wow, nothing between 39 and 62? No, apparently. It just wow. kind of drifting around the ocean, and that's the thing. So um, 1962 and then 1969, and that's it. Um but in 2006, the Alaskan government began work on a project to solve the mystery of the ghost ship of the Arctic, as they said, and uh, locate it, whether it's still afloat or on the ocean floor, and it's not yet been found. Hmm. That's bananas. <laughs> I mean, and that's true. So Time bananas? Time bananas. 
That sounds like a good name for a movie. Time Bananas. Time Bananas. Sorry for the sidetrack, but it, but I got sidetracked from the movie, so I thought I should yeah, sidetrack sure. us from the Certainly. podcast about the movie. But damn, how has no moron made that into a bad movie yet that doesn't follow the story at all? Like It just seems like it's waiting to be, you know, yeah. poorly handled. <laughs> and maybe Ghost Ship was about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. Um... I yeah. remember the, when that ghost ship came out, but I never watched it. Yeah. It didn't have mm-hmm. enough. Oh, another thing in the I 70s. Went to see a theater. Oh, oh did you? Yep. Oh, man. D- didn't have any ventriloquist dummies in it. Also a big concern in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> it was a holdover from past decades, but it was still there. So, um, sorry, we still were. Still appropriate, too. I mean, you should be afraid of ventriloquist dummies. I know someone who has a legit phobia. She doesn't like TV cameras and ventriloquist dummies. TV cameras? Yeah, like news cameras. Oh, okay. Crazy, right? Strange one. Yeah, and and so I thought it would be really um, a, a worse nightmare thing to make her a like a some sort of a montage, some sort of drawing or collage of you know ventriloquist dummy holding a TV camera. Mm. Here you go. Here you go. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, so lifeboats are gone. Um, What's-Her-Face uses Jack's axe, <clears throat> Jess, to defeat the shooter. And then we find out the time loop because of the note. And we see the necklace and all that kind of stuff. So we know what's going on, but this this is where the movie kind of stalls out. Yes. Like that boat that's floating around yeah, still. I mean, I mean they, they, when they're going through the mythology bit, where they're telling you that Aeolus is the father of Sisyphus. Yeah. Right. Which he is in some versions. Yeah. And also Aeolus himself, like the in, in the Odyssey, that's a kind of, well, it's not a time loop, but uh, do, do you know? I, I don't remember so they, this they, bit. They meet Polyphemus, the Cyclops. Yes. Then the next island they go to is the one that uh, Aeolus is the king of. Oh, okay. And uh, he's, he ha- he's the keeper of the winds. Yeah. And he gives Odysseus... Uh, he gives them a uh, a wind uh, behind them to get them to back to Ithaca. Yeah. Uh, but he also gives him a bag with all the uh, winds that would uh, that would be against them. In mm. And so uh, Odysseus has his bag, and he he stays up for like nine days in, in a row. Yeah. And then before, shortly before they get back to Ithaca, he falls asleep. And his crew thinks, oh, that he, the king gave him this bag with something in it. It oh. must be treasure. So the crew open up the bag and all the, the winds against them come out. And it blows them back to the island of Aeolus. Oh, <laughs> so man. They get back there and he goes, what are you jokes doing back here? And, then it goes, uh, and this is why you're not captain. Yeah, so I'm not giving you any, any more good, good stuff. You yeah. Know, be on your way. And uh, oh. so you know, most of them die in the, in the voyage back. Yeah, he so. should have made them row until they die. <laughs> That's that would fit the the, the moronic crime. Right, right. I'm <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone but him get, gets killed before yeah. he gets back home. Good, they deserve it. <laughs> and then his dog sees him and dies. This poor dog who waited all those yeah. years for him oh, just, and then dies. It's very tragic ending. <laughs> yeah, it's not as tragic as Jurassic Bark. That episode oh. of uh, oh god, I can't even talk about that episode. Uh, Futurama. Or Fry's dog waits for him. Yeah. 
till yeah. it, till it dies and then fossilizes. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. It's turned into oil. <laughs> Put in someone's car. Yeah. <laughs> someone's hover car. Yeah. So did you get the line that uh, that Jess says? Uh, if you want to live, follow me. Yeah. Isn't that just the same thing that Arnold Termin- Terminator says? Yeah. Pretty much. Follow me if you want to live. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, come with me. Yeah, if is you that want to live. Yeah, is that the line? Yeah. yeah. So, it seemed like, yeah, there's there's the time travel thing with Terminator. Ah, yeah. yeah. I figured that maybe was <coughs> shoehorned in there. Just mm-hmm. you know, get one more reference in. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Anyway, oh, so was there anything else super interesting about this? Well. Remotely uh, interesting, vaguely interesting about this. The record she plays is Anchors Away. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one she hears later when the uh, school band is playing it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, once she gets back, it just it just kept going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. okay. Were, you, were you kind of expecting it just to be done before it did like the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie yeah. yeah I was expecting the taxi driver to turn out to be named Caron or something yeah <laughs> exactly like oh clear. he's <laughs> he's ferrying her back to the uh, her hell yeah which yeah. he goes along with yeah she's happy too so have you ever heard that the reason for pennies on the eyes when someone dies to pay is to pay the ferryman yeah yeah yeah, there was like something I heard people say, oh, that's so their eyes don't pop open, like with rigor mortis. Nope, that's not it. Um, we were talking with our vet about that. And some people actually would do that when their dogs would die. And she she said, well, if, if you really want it to make, if, if you want the coins to make it through cremation, then she would move them to the dog's mouth oh. or, or the cat or whatever. You know, the ferret, doesn't matter. Um, just move it to their mouth for cremation. So when the ashes were gathered back up, you'd have your pennies as part of the remains. Or cremains. Cremains, yes. I realized as soon as I said it. It's cremains, people. Get it right. Um, yeah. Cremains sounds like something that I serve at KFC. <laughs> it's KFC's new cremains bowl. <laughs> it's all the shit we didn't sell last week crammed in a bowl. <laughs> well, that's kind of their new model, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I brought it up. The cremains. <laughs> the cremains. <laughs> KFC cremains. It's real ashy, but there are some bits in it. <laughs> right. Oh God. So, um, so the uh, the the last the last zinger we get. So many seagulls. <laughs> Look Ooh. at them. Yeah. That CGI'd seagull looked terrible. The one sitting on the mast, and then it flew through the mast. Oh, did it? Yeah, because they showed it to us twice, and the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that's some bad animation. But then I realized, oh, they wanted it so it could fly off and then connect to the other scene, flying down to the boat. Right. Mm -hmm. It's nice. They could have done a better job. But then the second time they show that seagull on the mast, you watch it fly off, and it goes right through the mast. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. clearly not a There's real like CG in there. It's like you didn't have to show that. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have to show that like, bird at all. That, that big CG ship when it turns up the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then especially when uh, the mast, um, whatever her name is, Jess, yeah, falls into the sea. You didn't have to show that. No, drop no. something in the water for a splash. Yeah, 
Yeah. It just just takes you out of it to see a bad CG. It yet, really yet, does. Yet the two or three times that someone goes overboard and they show <clears> them <throat> hit the ocean, that mm-hmm. CG actually looks fairly convincing because I was waiting for it to suck and it didn't actually suck that bad. Uh, I was really yeah. impressed by the, the, the when, when there was all those bodies of Sally. Yeah. yeah that, that was really well done. That really that was. That was good. That was a good scene. I liked that scene. That uh, worked. The lockets. That, worked, that was lot. Yeah. yeah. The, the lockets, I mean, that wasn't hard to do. <coughs> But that many, you know, sort of montage together or however they did it, uh, that worked. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. It was creepy. Uh, now, what was the movie where Bowie plays um, uh, Tesla? The Prestige? Yeah. Is that the one that has all the hats? All the discarded hats and rabbits? God, I don't even remember. I've not seen that. I might be thinking of a different movie. Um, uh, wait, there's some with Bowie in it you haven't seen? Yep. What? It's pretty good. You should see for, it. Uh, yeah, no, I want to see it. For a, uh, what's his name we, we've movie? We've got it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, isn't it Christopher Nolan? Nolan, yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't typically uh, I, I care for his Emily's film. seen it, you know, uh, I think it was a case of her having seen it by herself recently. Oh, and then, okay. so uh, You hadn't watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'll just have to watch it again. But, yeah, yeah it's not bad. I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if... it worked better because it was somebody else's story. I find when Jonathan Nolan writes... First Brothers movie, so okay. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get them. Well, it was either that one or another movie where somebody be, with some sort of. I a, think you're probably right. Where, the, where there's discarded hats, and then someone sees like over the edge of a, a hill or something. There's like a whole bunch of them, hmm. and so the discarded seagulls or the Sally corpses. Um, not not the first time I've seen it, but yeah the. But the effect was really good. Uh, maybe not on the seagull one, but on 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 the dead human beings. Yeah, they did a good job yeah, on that. They spent time on it, and it looked good. Um, so all in all, even though it took a long time to get us there, uh, they got us to the point where they brought it all together, and she realizes, Jess, <clears throat> that she needs to go back to her house where she is um, because she's back in time, uh, and kill herself, and then take... The place of herself? Yeah. And then go back on the voyage? Then yeah. But then she, she does a rat. She wrecks her car, and that's when she decides, oh, I guess I'm yeah, I'm, go on the boat. I didn't really get that either. Like, why would you yeah, go that's, ahead? Yeah, that's why, you know, I forget I what, guess maybe what, she thought she could go back and do it right the next time. Well, that's, that's what I was, I was saying before. It's like, a, a, I forget at what stage in the movie, about halfway through or something, but uh, she it, it seemed to me that she didn't want to... Yeah. Escape. Yeah. She wanted to be in this hmm. loop. Or she just accepts the fact with no <clears throat> resistance that she's doomed to repeat this. Because you see all these these points where she could change things. Right. Yeah. So she doesn't. No. She just blithely bumbles along and, you know, occasionally shoots people. Or deliberately repeats things. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? And of course she did also, I forgot to mention this earlier, another little shining tie-in, her... Her moment where she's Wendy freaking out, looking at the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it's that moment, you know, mm-hmm. poor, poorly replicated <laughs> where she's reading all the notes that she clearly wrote. And do you really have to write your own handwriting out to compare it? No. <laughs> Can't you just look at all of them and go, I wrote those? Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, huh. So she's done that every that single was me. time, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. she sees all the notes and then she writes a new one. Yeah. So there's one more than necessary mm-hmm. just for testing purposes. Yep. Yeah. 
So, a duh. A duh. <laughs> uh, have you seen this director's other movies? No. No. I don't know who the director is. Uh, Christopher Smith, he, he did uh, one called Creep, which is uh, uh, a woman being stalked in the oh. underground in London. Hmm, okay. Um, uh, he did one called Severance, which is a kind of black comedy. Oh, I've seen this, Severance. Yeah. Which workouting kind of worked, but wasn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't keen on that one. But he did one called Black Death, which is like a medieval... Oh, okay. That one's on Prime. Yeah, that was, I like that one. I've not watched it, but I saw it come up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Severance was... Like, it just didn't hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't funny. It, yeah, it wasn't funny was the main thing. It was like, it should have been a more dark comedy. Which this was listed under on Shudder? Dark <laughs> comedies? <laughs> really? Like, yeah, I'm like... Really? Huh? Okay. <clears throat> I'll look through it, because nothing on here looks like a dark comedy. No. They look like they just put things in random categories. I guess it all depends on your sense of humor, doesn't it? I guess. It? So, this woman's not going to stop the time loop. It's just going to keep going. There's going to be endless dead seagulls, endless dead what's-her-face, and endless time bananas. It's just going to go on and on. Yeah. There's no, there's no stopping it. Uh, and after so many trips through what we did see... We don't care. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for both of you, but I, I assume you didn't care as much by the time it looped and looped and looped. Yeah, there's another thing about it, because like, the lead character, she's kind of uh, distant and keeps things to herself. and Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's hard to really uh, sympathize with her or identify with her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't find myself caring, <clears throat> caring as much as I should for nah. her being the protagonist. Yeah. So that brings us to the question now. We, we, we've seen the whole movie, and do we recommend it? No. Horror fans, are they going to be like, yay, I'll watch it? Bermuda Triangle fans, yes. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle fans are going to get mad. Yeah. yeah watch uh, watch the, the Bermuda Deaths. Yeah? Is that, is that, the, is that the one? Is, is I like the, that one. That's the go-to? Yeah, that is like it's a, it's an American Japanese co-production. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, it definitely goes with the more fantastical things. Oh, okay. I was telling Will when we talked on the phone the other day that uh, I only remember one. It was from the late seventies, <laughs> and I remember one scene from it, which mm-hmm. is you see somebody in one of the cabins on this ship, and it looks like they're just sort of hovering and floating, dead. And it's like, oh, how is that possible? This is crazy. And then somebody figures it out and goes in and looks. And this is a spoiler for a 1978 movie. But a swordfish, like one of those mounted on a wall, apparently burst its sword nose through the wall. And this dude somehow got impaled on it through uh-huh. his side. Okay. So he's sort of belly up, floating with his arms and legs sort of hanging. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. You just thought he was hovering like the devil's doing it. It was the devil. So that one, uh, that scratched that itch that everybody had from, you know, the 70s. Uh, Yeah. We're very worried about Bigfoot as well. Swordfish. Yep. Bigfoot is living in the Bermuda Triangle, probably. Just riding a great white around. (coughs) Yeah. Being chased by a swarm of killer bees. Hunting for Muhammad Ali. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> he's played by evil can evil. <laughs> that's right get on loser <laughs> but he couldn't get gas for his bike anymore because of the 
fuel embargo. <laughs> That's right. So Jimmy Carter flies in to save the day. And a giant rabbit attacks him, a giant swimming rabbit. <laughs> See, this is the hazard. We, we, we podcast for long enough, we write a better movie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so. We could call it the 70s. Why don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the zombie movie on a cruise ship I came up with years ago, <laughs> Dead in the Water. And someone else came up with a movie by the same name. Is it? Well, the, somebody used the title. Oh, okay. Dead in the Water. Yeah. Will thought of this mm-hmm. while we still worked at the art supply store. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. So you don't recommend it? No, I'm going to I'm gonna give a pass on this one. Will? Okay. No. Jolien? Yes uh, or no? Uh, no. No. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, watch The Shining. <laughs> just, yeah, just watch the better movie that watch references. Watch The Shining. If, if, if the movie's insisting on reminding of better movies, watch the better movie. Exactly. Right. You hear us, Rob Zombie? <laughs> this is the hazard. Um, so, Jolien, no. And for me, it's a no. I, I wouldn't recommend it unless you listened to this first and went, "Oh, come on, is it that bad?" It's not. It's not bad. It's, it's not it's, bad. It's, that's, that's the problem. Is yeah. it's just kind of there, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it, it goes on a little too long, even yeah. though it's only ninety nine minutes yeah, long or whatever. That's not the worst you can say about movie. Yeah, right. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's not the worst thing I've seen. Yeah, I'm wrong to call it's, it bad, just in an off the cuff sort of way, because. I was entertained. Yeah, I was, it was entertaining. There's enough, lots of well-done stuff in it, and it's got those those good images in it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it just didn't work. Yeah, it, right. it had some good parts, but it didn't. They it, failed on the execution. Yeah, they didn't sort you of know. tie them all together in a nice way. The icing was delicious, but they mixed up concrete for the cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll still lick the icing off of the concrete. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm, so I enjoyed icing. the icing, but you know, yeah. the cake itself was a little inedible. Yeah, okay. Or something. <laughs> so, you know, if you're ever in a bind, just you know, get some cinder blocks and yeah. some icing. But I was mostly drawn to, ooh, a Bermuda Triangle movie. Yeah, this is what we need. Well... They didn't make it very Bermuda Triangle-y, did they? No. At all. All right, well, um, we should return uh, a week from now with Ziggy, and uh, we're either going to do Scream 2 or The Craft. Or The Craft 2. Or The Craft 2. They're remaking The Craft. It's coming out this year, I believe. Craft Dinner with cut-up hot dogs in it. Mmm. Mmm. That's... Yum. Yeah, just sit there playing your Nintendo, and that's that's dinner. Or lunch. I don't or know. lunch. Who's yeah. counting? All right, so we will be back with that show. It's going to be fun. Uh, any new listeners, Ziggy is a friend of the show who is 16 and knows uh, knows horror movies from a very different perspective than we do. Yeah. But she loves them all the same, and, uh, and it'll be a fun show. Yeah, it's always fun to have her on. Well, let's get out of here. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. Time bananas.